Welcome everybody to the next episode of The Cannabis View. I'm delighted to be joined at this episode by Gianni Del Rosario Macridis. How are you keeping today, Gianni? Very good, Owen. How are you? Fantastic, mate. Thank you very much for taking your time to do this. I know it's late in the evening over there and you've got a lot of studying ahead of you. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, it's a privilege to, to be here. So thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for coming on. Do you maybe want to give everybody an overview in a minute or two of what you, your area of expertise is and how you find yourself in the cannabis industry? Yeah, sure. So uh, I was actually quite lucky. I changed career when I was in my late 20s. So I was used to work in an office for a freight and logistics company. And I realized that that wasn't really what I was passionate about. So I made a big decision to just move out of that career. And I went to South America where I lived with local people uh, all across the continent. Um, and uh, from there, I, I volunteered on farms and I did a lot of couch surfing. So it was pretty rough. But during that year, I learned how they use plant medicines over there. And I really saw the benefit and it really intrigued me. So when I came back to Australia, I decided to start studying uh, botany at La Trobe University. And then from there, I got into uh, an honors project, which is um, so, sort of in between an undergraduate and a postgraduate. And that was based on plant biotechnology. And uh, I started to realize the potential of uh, genetic engineering in plants and um, the problems that it can solve for the world. After that, I got a job with a cannabis cultivation company here in Melbourne, Australia. And then I met some professors from another university who said that they had a project for me in a PhD on medicinal cannabis. And so all the stars aligned and that's how I got into uh, studying and researching cannabis genetics at La Trobe University. Um, and I focus on uh, trichome genetics. Okay, incredible. First topic I'm going to start off with is cultivation in Australia. Can you maybe give us who, who are the best cultivators in Australia and who has the best genetics in Australia? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a dicey topic at the moment. There's a lot of competition and it's very secretive because of the high competition between companies. So I no longer work in directly in the industry, um, but I do have uh, four years experience working for one of the uh, main major cultivators in Australia um, and uh, who, who are called Can Group. They were the first company in Australia to get a license to manufacture cannabis. Um, but uh, there is another company called ECS Botanics who are doing really well in Australia right now. They are taking out all the awards. Um, and the main difference between someone like Can Group and ECS is that Can Group specialise more in indoor cultivation and ECS uh, are all about outdoor cultivation. So um, the outdoor cultivation model seems to be prevailing at the moment. And... Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly got to do with their genetics. There's a lot of research and development that companies have done to get the best genetics, including importing them from overseas like Canada. Um, 
but I think it's it's got a lot to do more around the, the production. It's very expensive to run a indoor facility, and the outdoor model uh, has been able, I guess, to keep costs low. Okay, you mentioned genetic engineering then in your discussions. I'm sure you've heard of bioharvest sciences in Israel who are able to cultivate glandular trichomes on a mass scale and bioreactors. Do you see this as the kind of future side of the ingredient side of the industry where we're able to make cannabinoids and molecules 100% pure and replicate that over and over again? Or do you see that uh, plant matter is always going to have a say in, in the ingredient side of things? Yeah, so there are definitely two sides to the argument, but I I sit more on the whole plant uh, side of things, and I think that uh, a lot of a lot of people in the industry, like uh, Dr. Ethan Russo, uh, believe that there's the same kind of model um, that the plant does it better. In fact, that was uh, one of the the quotes from uh, his papers <laughs> that. The, the plant, um, you know, the full spectrum of molecules produced in the cannabis plant seem to have this entourage effect where they can have um, more therapeutic benefits than single molecule drugs. That's not to say that there isn't a purpose for single molecule drugs, um, but um, in terms of cultivating and um, yielding these phytocannabinoids, uh, in my opinion, I think it's going to be more effective to do that within the plant rather than um, these lab lab uh, situations. So, for example, one of the biotech companies, if they're being able to isolate their own cannabinoids and then get mixtures or blends and formulations of terpenes and create their own recipe, do you see that as being a more advantageous route than extracting plant matter because surely for the environmental the actual overall cost and the production quantity that these guys are going to be able to do that there's going to have to be an inflection point where if the ingredient that people are buying they don't really understand too too much about it then the blends and formulation seems to be is what is what everybody's going after yeah absolutely i i, I do think that the blends uh are a great um uh, advantage um, in terms of putting different compounds together, like the cannabinoids and the terpenes and sort of um, blending them from different sources, I think that that's something that's going to be more futuristic. Right now, there's uh, not enough clinical information to understand what works best with what in terms of specific illnesses. So at how it stands at the moment, um, it might not be as um, um, necessary right now, but if you want to sort of look to where the the puck is heading, as they say in ice hockey, then uh, potentially these, these new ways of putting together specific formulations for particular illnesses or um, for to generate particular benefits that could be a really exciting area of um, of industry. Yeah, because it seems to be that if you actually move just over to the medical side of things, that if we're going to have a cardiovascular information or gastrointestinal information, that these specific cannabinoids are a key ingredient and that there's no way a cultivation facility is going to be able to produce the quantities that, let's say, a Pfizer is going to want if they get a good recipe for a, a drug in that case. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the other thing, too, is you have to think about the target market, too. 
And I don't think most of the cannabis community are, are super prepared to take on uh, formulations like that from big pharmaceutical uh, drug companies. Um, but having said that, we're talking about patients that are not necessarily within the cannabis community, right? The, the, the whole idea is we want to expand um, the reach of cannabis medicine to all um, people, regardless of what they do and do not know about, about cannabis. So um, it, there, there is potential there, but I also see a little bit of pushback from, from the real diehard uh, medicinal cannabis fans um, yeah, who might not uh, be willing to take that on just yet. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be that these big biotech companies and pharma companies can see that broadening the patient range is what their aim is. I think we're always going to have the diehards who couldn't really tell the difference between an Indica and a Sativa anyway, but they just have their own uh, hard stance and that's the way they're feeling about a specific topic. But on a global scale, if you're able to reach another 30, 40% of patients that had no interest in cannabis whatsoever, but are going to be happy to take a pill or a capsule or whatever, a topical formulation. I think that's where the benefits of this genetic engineering is going to pay dividends. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that patient um, footprint is going to grow. And we're already starting to see it grow, especially here in Australia. It's really taking off. Um, and we have a lot of clinics and dispensaries that are starting to pop up all around the country in various states. And uh, they are being inundated with calls from patients uh, who have tried a lot of other things for their illnesses, and now they are looking into medicinal cannabis. Um, at the same time, you have this uh, need for homegrown cannabis being pushed for by advocates as well, and also by recently elected political parties here who are introducing bills into the parliament to allow the home growing of, of cannabis for people that don't want to go through the clinical dispensaries um, and, and prescribers. Yeah, you definitely start to see a split in Europe where pharma and biotech are going to be developing brand new novel drugs and being able to take care of, let's say, cosmetics and beauty. But then you'll be able to placate the activists and the the industry people who've been around for decades with a home grow rule with you can have three or four plants and this not-for-profit kind of a social club model is going to pop up. The next question I wanted to ask you was, how would somebody improve their their home grow? Are there any specific things that somebody, look, I'm trying to grow two or three plants at home for X ailment. What are the two or three things that I should be looking at to ensure that I'm getting the best cannabinoid and a trichome balance? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing uh, I think is important is, is the genetics, right? So you want to make sure that you have got seeds or clones from a reputable breeder and that you're growing the variety, we say in science, the cultivar, that is suited for your needs. So you would want to know a bit about the cannabinoid profile, also the density of trichomes, the, leaf, uh, the, the flower morphology, the, um, the architecture of the plant so that it fits within your growing space. We know growing at home can be quite tight. Um, so that's the first point of call, port of call with, with growing at home. You want to have a good starting point. 
And then I think it's just a matter of really getting into the nitty gritty of cultivation. And it comes back down to light. So lighting plays a big part. Also nutrients plays a big part as well. And of course, you're growing medium. So you need to make a decision of whether you want to grow in soil or soil-less medium. So with that, we're really um, lucky these days, or a lot of information is being published online about the best uh, cultivation tips. But I think if you if you start with those three or four things, and then um, you're on a good good path. Yeah, I think there's a reason if you look at the most profitable and largest cannabis companies around the world, Scott's Miracle Grow are, I think, two billion bigger than most of the big MSOs in Canada and America. And I think that, that that's where it's going to sweet spot is going to be the the trays, the soil, the lighting, the nutrients that they're going to be given is going to be a, a big industry when it comes to Europe and no doubt Australia as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at ways of of, of trying to. Uh, help people out with that here in Australia um, and and make the most of their home grow in anticipation that these laws are going to, to pass in the next six to 12 months. Um, and what effect that will have on the local industry, we're not quite sure yet. Of course, not everyone is going to want to grow their own cannabis, just like you know, not everyone grows their own vegetables. But I think there is going to be a substantial proportion of the market that is is going to grow their own because, just because of the cost, but also uh, because of the enjoyment of, of growing your own medicine. Yeah, I think everybody initially when they're allowed to do it are going to put their finger and try and attempt to do it, but they're going to soon realize how difficult it actually is. And we discussed That's before right. we came up. The, the social club model seems to be what's going to be the most palatable thing for a lot of politicians to give adult access use to places. What is the uh, the story with that in Australia at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment, like I mentioned, the laws for home going have not yet been been passed, but the bill that's being proposed at the moment does have provisions for cannabis clubs, but. I'm not sure what its uh, purpose mainly is in Europe, but in this bill, what they're proposing it for is for people who don't have room at home to grow their own or don't have access to, to seeds. Um, also for renters who, who might not um, be looked upon greatly by their landlords who are growing cannabis at home. So you can uh, allow these cannabis clubs to grow your cannabis for you. So that's the proposition at the moment in the in the in the legislation that's being proposed. Well, hopefully now, mate, we in Europe and in Australia, we get these social clubs up and running over the next 18 to 24 months. And the people who want to have access to a plant have access to a plant. And the people who want to create new novel products and drugs out of the, the molecules that come from the plant are able to do so as well. And we can all live kumbaya happily together as we march forward. That's right. We are on the precipice of a really exciting time in the cannabis industry and for the cannabis community. And um, hopefully, uh, with Europe leading the way, Australia will will follow suit and and make it available for for people to home grow their own cannabis. So fingers crossed. 
Yeah, big time, mate. Johnny, it's been great talking to you. Hopefully we get to catch up if you do all goes according to plan with your PhD. I'd look forward to having another chat with you towards the end of the year and we can both give each other an update on what's happening in Europe and Australia. But for now, thank you very much for your time, mate. Awesome. Thanks, Owen. Cheers. Until next episode, everybody. Mm-hmm.